It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. So Kristen Jansen is no stranger to The Best Possible Taste and since we last spoke, the founder of Nine Bean Rose, a boutique Irish publishing house for tastemakers and storytellers, has been extremely busy. I spoke to her last week for a catch-up. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Kristen, welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. We've lots of new publications to talk about. You've been very busy since you were last on the programme. And I think we should start with Scoop, which is a magazine, but I don't think it really is a magazine. It's so much more than a magazine. This is the second issue and um, it's Irish Food Stories, a fabulous, a fabulous um, edition of Scoop. Thank you. Yeah, we're really uh, excited about this one. I mean, we're excited about the first one too, but this one, I don't know, it, it feels like we took it up another level again, even just since the first issue with the cover and we've got more pages in this issue. It's about 30 more pages than the first one, which feels right. It's like, okay, this it's got a lovely kind of heft to it now. And um, even just the designer, you can see she's really gotten into her groove as well with the design. It's just even a little more edgy and fun and playful this time around. It has a theme. Yeah, eat your feelings. So you've lots of different contributors, many who will be well known. I mean, there's like over 130 odd pages in it. So the contributor list, I can't even count them there. You must have about 20 different contributors. Um, I think it's I think it's closer to 30, actually, yeah. if I had to say. Uh, so yeah, it's great to have that kind of scope to have that many different voices and we, we had some specific features in mind from the get-go that we wanted to commission, but it was really interesting to see what came in when we put the call out back in, I think it was November or December, saying this is the theme you know, pitched to us. And it's stuff probably like, you know, you might be expecting in terms of what people are writing about, but other things that are, were completely, still absolutely fit under that theme, but, completely unexpected, you know, things like, there's a piece talking about, um, I think it's called gastrocriticism, and it's this intersection of food and literature and film, and it's like, oh, that's so, you know, fascinating. And that piece is talking specifically about the food in rom-coms and how it's actually such an integral part of it. It's almost like its own character. And then you've got a piece about um, food and menstrual periods, or you've got a piece about uh, food, and this is actually a, not, uh, a writer not from Ireland who wrote this food through a visually impaired lens. So lots of scope under that umbrella to talk about all sorts of things. So diverse. The content is just so diverse. And earlier this week, I was with somebody and they said that whenever they saw the theme, they thought, oh, gosh, why did you pick that? You'll, you'll never get enough contributions for that. And I said, why did you think that? And she said, well, actually, I only thought it for a few minutes. And then I thought, oh, my God, no, they'll get loads of stuff. One of the pieces that she was really keen to read was about the, the funeral. So, so there was oh, a, yes. we had a whole discussion then about the, the funeral. So and I'd, I just by coincidence, I had a friend who told me last weekend that she has drawn up all her funeral plans. She's everything organized and she's everything paid for. And she said that really there is no funeral. So she's not having a funeral. So she's going from wherever she dies 
to the funeral directors to be cremated and that's kind of the end of it. And I said, what about the, the tea and the tray bags afterwards, the egg and onion sandwiches and the 15s? Because she's from the North and she said, gosh, you're like the third person that has said that to me. <laughs> I'm like, but it's such an important part of funeral life in Ireland is the bit where you go for the meal or the soup and sandwiches afterwards. Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine getting a phone call to say that she's no longer here and that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, if you think about it, how many of our rituals and rites of passage are rooted in food, whether it's a wedding cake or the funeral soup, you know, and everything in between. Absolutely. So that's Scoop. And how do people get their hands on that? So that's still, because we're still, um, this, this is just the second issue, and we are selling directly through our own website, which is scooppfoodmag.com, and various independent retailers that around the country that were really kind of growing organically. So if anyone listening is a retailer and would like to stock Scoop, you can get in touch with us through our website and we'd be happy to talk to you about that. So it's in lots of lovely, you know, cafes, delis, like even lifestyle stores. It's it's got a good home in those places. Well, let's move on then to The Gathered Table, which is published under your publishing house, Nine Bean Rose. And this was a collaboration with a number of different recipe writers. Um, and it's it's an aid of the Peter McFerry Trust. Yeah, so this book has been kind of a long time in the making. So it's 55 recipes from 55 different contributors. And we were very conscious of we didn't want it just to be chefs, which can be a little intimidating, you know, as a as a cookbook reader or buyer. We wanted to represent the entire food spectrum. So we say it's butchers to bakers, farmers, food producers, shopkeepers, food writers, and yes, chefs. So we've got this really lovely cross-section of lots of different people from the food world. And when we asked for recipes, we said, like, look, even if you are a chef or a food producer, we don't necessarily want your restaurant dish or your you know, something that is made with your produce. We want your favorite thing to cook at home. Because again, it's all about an aid of Peter McFerry trust and homelessness and home and rooted in this idea of being at the table and the table being such a fundamental central part of our homes and meals, sharing a meal with people. Again, it's it's kind of, the kitchen is the heart of the home for so many homes. So that is um, that was published in March and it's doing really well. People are um, cooking from the book. You know, we love to get tagged on social media and see what people are making. And with 55 different contributors, like there's a great spread. We have breakfast all the way up through sweets. And again, everything in between, you know, just lovely various meals, whether you want something more celebratory, like a leg of lamb or something more, you know, quick and easy, like a macaroni and cheese. And that publication was made possible with the support of Gather and Gather, I believe. Well, they were actually the like the people kind of behind the whole thing. So in terms of the support, there's lots of different contributors and they're all listed in the back of the book who um, made the production of the book possible. But Gather and Gather was like they were the drivers of this project and made it all happen. And they've been just fantastic. And it just fits in so well with their ethos as well. So it's been a really great project it's gotten fantastic reception so now our challenge is you know just keeping that momentum going this is peter mcvery trust's 40th year um in operation i'm not sure you know celebrating that is the right word to use but 
that was also part of the thinking with having the book come out this year that it's ties in with this 40 year celebration. So we want to just keep this momentum going all the way right through the year. Uh, we've had lots of people already, even at this early stage, thinking ahead, shall we say, without naming any holiday names, <laughs> uh, buying presents, you know, as gifts and um, even, you know, kind of corporate gifting. And there's that, that's this is the great thing about a book. Once you have a book, you can use it as a springboard for so many different things, whether it's events or panel discussions or pop ups or coffee mornings or, you know, all these kinds of of things secret supper clubs so this is uh we've got lots of plans in the works now for the whole rest of the year to use the book as a springboard for for different things and i should say that the peter mcferry trust is the charity partner of this year's taste of dublin so if anybody's going to that event in june they will be able to to buy the book there for anybody else that's maybe not going to that event where is it available from so this book uh, is available through our own website, which is ninebeanrosebooks.com. And it's also in all bookshops. And also available on the, the Nine Bean Rose website and through various other bookshops is Paradiso. This is Dennis Cotter from Cork, who, gosh, what a trailblazer opening a vegetarian restaurant in Cork all those years ago. And it's still going strong. And not just going strong, but like stronger than ever. You know, he's really kind of from plowing a very lonely furrow back in the 90s. You know, he's just hit his stride. And I, I think he says in the book that he wanted to one day be able to say he had a restaurant and not have to say he had a vegetarian restaurant. And I think, we, you know, that is definitely the case now that it's, it's almost not beside the point, but it's um, he has a restaurant and it's a, a real destination place. And... To be going 30 years is, and especially the past five years, everything we've all been through is no mean feat. So uh, it's we wanted this book to reflect that level of like maturity and longevity and confidence that the restaurant has built up over all those years. So it's we're really proud of it. It's a beautiful book. Again, just kind of showing this um, level of confidence and maturity of a restaurant that's been around for three decades and whose food has continued to evolve throughout all the time while still staying identifiably Paradiso and itself. And I think it's important to say that Dennis Cotter went to various growers whenever he was starting up to say, look, if you grow it, I'll buy it and use it in the restaurant. So there's great collaboration there with, with growers. And I'd say over the years, the types of vegetables that they were growing probably changed a lot because we're we're much more receptive to different types of, of veg now than we would have necessar necessarily have been 30 years ago. Absolutely. And he specifically talks about that in the book. And there's this one particular vegetable. It's called mashua. I'd never heard of it. Had no idea what it even looked like. So we did most of the photo shoot back in September, but there was a few things that we had to do one last day in March because asparagus, you know, wasn't in season and rhubarb, same thing, blood oranges. And then there was this mashua, <laughs> which is a tuber. So it was kind of in cold storage for the winter waiting for us to, you know, bring it out for this photo shoot. I think it's a South African like root vegetable and he talks about, you know, we put it on the menu because Gorton and Ain Farm grew it. It was a hard sell. You know, it was, it was a novelty thing at first. 
and then eh, you know and then he got tired of growing it and that's all right we didn't really kind of love it anyway <laughs> but he talks specifically about you know not only using whatever it is that the farmer is growing but on the flip side he talks about you know like the cheese producers or, or various other producers not just you know the the vegetables themselves being able to source it from people in the community who they've really you know become friends over the years not just clients and customers uh, yeah, I just am fascinated by it um, coming from a family of greengrocers at how it's just gone from strength to strength and the education piece that it's secretly in there. It's kind of not in your face, but it's very much there. Mm -hmm. And that Dennis himself was probably constantly educating himself over the, the past few years. And I suspect that every holiday that he went on um, involved a visit to a number of vegetarian restaurants to get inspiration from them. Well, I'd say now it, um, there, it'll be the opposite. People will be going to Paradiso to get inspiration from him. Absolutely. Now let's move on to Blaster Books because since we last spoke, you have had two new publications under the Blaster Books imprint. Yeah, so five and six have come out. So number five was Soup, which was published back in January, fittingly enough for the, you know, the winter season. And number six that just came out a few weeks ago is Tapas. So Soup is quite like our book number three, which was the United Nations of Cookies, in that it's recipes from a bunch of different contributors rather than, you know, one single author. And also like cookies, just showing um, like soup, every cuisine has a soup and showcasing recipes from the international community who have made their home in Ireland. But again, all under this kind of unifying banner of soup, which is comforting and fundamental to, to all sorts of different food cultures. And uh, that's been getting great use in my house as well. And, you know, my mother-in-law has even been cooking from it. And then moving kind of more now towards summer facing foods is Tapas by Vanessa Murphy and Anna Cabrera, who run Las Tapas de Lola's in Dublin and who also just opened La Gordita restaurant there. And this, I just see this getting so much airtime now in the summer and lots of tapas garden parties happening and pictures of sangria. And I mean, this is my plan anyway. <laughs> like I, I expect a sangria fueled summer ahead. And it's just so, you know, like we all have these memories of being on holiday and some kind of beautiful sunny place and eating delicious food. So hopefully this will help you capture that in your own home. Yeah, I absolutely love Tapas and I've been in their restaurant and it is a fabulous restaurant. Oh, it is. I um, I was just there again a few weeks ago as part of their 10 year celebration. So they just celebrated 10 years. And again, the book was time to coincide with that. And they have such a lovely, loyal, you know, fan base, really, uh, people who just flock to the restaurant. It was funny, um, our artist, Nikki Hooper, had literally come straight from the plane. She had been in Ibiza for the week, <laughs> saying, so she came straight from her plane to the restaurant for this celebration. And she's like, this is better than the food I had all last week. That's mad, <laughs> so, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic. And that's available through the Blaster Books website. Yep. So that's blasterbooks.com or again, all good bookshops and various independent retailers. And finally, now you're going to tell us about a project that's in the pipeline with one of Ireland's best loved chefs. And I'm not talking about Nevin Maguire. 
<laughs> oh, those are like fighting words. <laughs> so, so yes, we just announced uh, last week, we've got a book coming out by Paul Flynn. And the title of this book is Butter Boy. It's going to be this beautiful, bright yellow cover. And that's all I'll say for now, because we're, we're still um, kind of wrapping everything up for like the big proper reveal. Uh, but it is going to be a big book. <laughs> it's um, yeah, a beast of a book. It's not a blaster book, then. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like bigger than all the blaster books put together. So this is uh, going to be, I'm really excited about this book. And even maybe introducing Paul to a new audience or a different kind of audience with, with this book is, was all I'll say. And then I do have another book coming out in October, but we were we haven't announced that one just yet. So still a busy year to go. Well, look, I look forward to talking to you more about both of those in the autumn whenever they're both available. And in the meantime, continued success, Kristen. Delighted to see that what was this like a lockdown idea um, three years ago? And look at the number of books. How many have you published in total? Oh, I think I think it's 10. And I have to admit, just last weekend, I was in packing up orders for retailers. And I had a bit of a moment because as it happened, there were two retailers on that same day who had ordered my entire list. So I was packing up these orders and literally you know every book I've published and the two magazines were on the table and it was so I'd never seen them all in one place like that and, you know it was quite had, had a little you know moment to, to myself it was really a, a proud moment you know it was very satisfying well, but yeah it's it's even surprises me it's like gosh from this time last year I had just the two Blasta books well and then Anne for Mains you know the, the that book had come out it's just kind of really grown very quickly, but it's it's absolutely amazing. I'm meeting so many great people and having a lot of fun. Well, look, it's important to take those moments and savor them and remember them and to keep congratulating yourself because of all your success, which is richly deserved. And as always, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. So thank you, Kristen. Oh, thanks, Sharon. And really, it's all about sharing these stories and being able to create a platform for them. And again, like you were saying at the start of this conversation with Scoop, providing a place like, I don't know where these stories would have been published if not for Scoop, you know? So that's what I'm most proud of is just being able to put these stories out into the world. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.